Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Meet me at verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. want to welcome everybody watching and worshiping with us virtually live. Thank you to everyone that will watch this replay. Everybody listening to the podcast, Google, Spotify, Apple. Thank you so very much. We've been talking about faith, and I want to dive into verse 1 of Hebrews 11. The writer tells us, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Over the last several weeks, we have been talking about faith in God. And we're going to continue throughout the summer talking about faith in God. It's important that we have faith in God And Hebrews tells us that it is faith is the evidence of things not seen. We know that it is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? That simply means that because we believe it, that we're fully persuaded, that we are convinced that God said what he said is going to happen. That is all the evidence we need. We don't have to see anything with our five physical senses to believe it just because God said it. That gives us the proof that it's going to happen. Similar to a trusted friend, if a trusted friend tells you they're going to do something and and you can trust them and you know that they are a man or woman of their word, that's all the evidence you need that it's going to get done. They say they're going to do it and that's the evidence you need. It's the same way with faith. All the evidence you need is God said it, that settles it. I believe it, it's going to get done. That's what faith does. And faith is tangible. In the invisible realm, it is tangible. It is substance. It is material. It is foundation of what we hope for. Now, hope is an intense, earnest expectation that something good is going to happen to us. Faith is what brings to pass our intense, earnest expectation. Faith is the foundation that brings it to pass. Without faith, hope is just a wish. But with faith, and faith is always now, faith is now, say faith is now. It's important, faith is always now. I gotta have faith now, even though hope is futuristic, faith is present, faith is now, and that faith is the currency, that faith is the foundation that's going to bring the past what I'm expecting to receive from God. Whatever it may be, God has given you the ability to operate in the God kind of faith. You can have the God kind of faith. What do I mean by that? I mean, you can believe God like God believes himself. (laughs) Hallelujah. You can believe him like he believes what he says. You can believe him in what he says. And then you can access God's grace. And you can see the fulfillment of the desire and intense earnest expectation that you have to see because of this tangible force that's called faith. Now, when we talk about faith, we're not simply talking about a denomination. We're not talking about a religion. We're talking about a substance that can bring the past what you desire and everything you desire should be found in the word of God because God said it, you desire it, and then you should be able to see it because of the substance of faith. 
Faith has its anchor in the unseen realm. Faith does not have its anchor in the five physical sense realm. It's in the unseen realm that I am going to believe God and my anchor is in I'm believing God. Even if I see something different right now, I know that it's temporary. It's subject to change. I'm believing God to see something different. And that's what faith in God does for you. Now, in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, the apostle Paul wrote this, and this is in the Passion Translation. I love this verse. It says, now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with this superabundance until you radiate with hope. Now, this is so very, very important. Let's look at that verse again there. I think it's, it's critical that we access what God has making available to us by faith. He's saying that God himself is the inspiration of hope. Hope is the intense, earnest expectation. God is the inspiration. Really, our job is simply to believe that God will do his job. That, that's really our only job, is to just believe and continue to believe that God's going to do his job. That should fill us with hope, right? And then with hope, is gonna, uh, you're going to have joy and peace as you trust. That word trust, it means to rely or to have confidence or simply to believe God. While you are believing God, you should be full of hope, you should be full of joy, and you should be full of peace while you're believing God. We're going to talk about this later, but when you are not full of hope, joy, and peace, then you're full of anxiety, care, and everything else. That is an indicator you're not believing God. And I'll talk about that going forward. But while you are believing God, you should be full of joy hope and peace. Matter of fact, I can tell within myself if I've been spending enough time with God by looking at the fruit in my life. If, if I'm full of joy, if I'm laughing, if I'm having a good time. Many of you saw on vacation, we was dancing on your social media. We had a good time. We were close to God. We was, we was on vacation and we had a good time. We're full of joy full of peace, full of hope. But when, and, and here's another way to look at it. If you're just, if, if, if it's real easy for you to, to think about God and to start crying, tears, that's an indicator. Man, I've got the heart of God. There were times when I would, I'll watch something. I'm, I'm in particularly Benny Hinn during when he was Benny Hinn and seeing him lay hands on people and seeing people come and be healed. I'll just start crying because my heart is the heart of God. We're one in the, we're, 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 we're I, I've connected with his heart and I'll start crying. And those are times that I realized, man, I'm connected with the father. But if you're hard-hearted, if you're mean, wicked, sarcastic, cutting, then you're, you don't have hope. You don't have joy. You don't have peace. 
and you've disconnected from your relationship with him. I didn't say you were going to hell. I'm simply saying you're not as close to him as you should be. So these should be indicators that I'm close to him when I am full of joy, peace, and I have hope. But there's one aspect the Lord told me to talk about today that everybody in here, everybody that's with us virtually is going through. I dare say that every individual rode in here today with this sneaky, subtle, sly enemy. I dare say everybody that's virtually worse than being with us now, sitting on their couch or at home or at the gym or, or even driving in their car, are carrying this sneaky, subtle, sly enemy around with them. And this enemy, will, it'll ride to work with you. And if you don't watch it, this enemy will ride home with you from work. You could seriously be sitting, having a nice cooked meal, and this enemy will be sitting there right with you. Everything could be going right in your life. And this enemy could be sitting right there with you. And this enemy is discouragement. Discouragement. Discouragement has a way of hanging around with us. We could be, the bank account could be full and we could be discouraged. Everybody can be healthy and we could be discouraged. Everybody could be doing well, family, parents, whatever the case, grandchildren, and we could be discouraged. Obviously, we know we can be discouraged when things are not going well. But this sly enemy slides in when things are going well. Discouragement. You can have all the money in the world and be discouraged. You could, you could have a nice job, a, a good wife, a, a solid husband, money in your account and be discouraged. And one of the ways this enemy slides into our life is it comes when we start feeling like things that we're believing God for are not coming to pass. Uh, you can be discouraged simply by just, you know, not getting enough rest could be discouraging. Not seeing a good growth track or career plan in your life can be discouraging. Not having enough money to go on vacation can be discouraged. Singles can be discouraged. People that are married, couples can be discouraged. Not just simply, I am discouraged because what I've been praying for hasn't come to pass yet. I thought I would be further along than I am now. I thought that I would have attained this by now, you can be discouraged by just simply hearing something good happen to someone else. And then somehow their good experience has discouraged you when these two are not even related. And we can get discouraged by what we hear happening in other people's lives. We can get discouraged when we don't feel like we've accomplished some things. Many years ago, and by God's grace, I want to snatch you out of discouragement today. I want to deliver you from discouragement today by his grace. Who will receive that in Jesus' name? Amen. Many years ago, I used to get really discouraged around my birthday. 
when, I, when September 9th came along, I started feeling really sad. And although we acted like, oh, yeah, it's my birthday. Yay. I used to think, man, I thought by this age I would have this, and I would have done that, and I would have accomplished this, and I would have done this and that. Discouragement will hang around with you because what, what its goal is, it's to remove confidence from you. The goal of discouragement is to remove the confidence, to remove courage from you. Discouragement wants to remove enthusiasm and passion out of your life. Discouragement is literally trying to eliminate hope. Any expectation of good, discouragement is trying to say that's not going to happen. You could be sitting on the beach. We were on the beach last week, sitting on the beach with beautiful scenery and be discouraged. Looking at the, looking at the clouds and the waves beating the water and the, the best sight you, you will ever seen and can literally sit there and be discouraged to the point that you, you become suicidal. You become depressed. You could be going to heaven. Uh, everything is just simply going well in life and discouragement will tell you, take your life. Comparison is one of the root issues of discouragement. You can look at someone else, begin to compare their track record with yours and then immediately become discouraged about where you are in life. But I want to warn you, when you begin to compare yourself to someone else, add this, because this is an element that most people contend with in their life. They compare. This is one of the evils of social media, in my opinion, because everybody's only giving you their best on social media. They're not giving you their worst. And some folks, I know these folks personally, they're not doing as good as they are showing you on social media. I know that personally, but they'll show you the best. And you'll begin to, whether intentionally or unintentionally, begin to compare. But I want you to always add this question when the temptation to compare comes. I want you to ask, did they start the same place I started? Did we start at the same place? And odds are you didn't start at the same place. Why should I compare myself as a minister? Why should I compare my ministry to, let's say, T.D. Jakes? Did we start at the same place? No. How much longer has he been doing it? And this, that, and the third. I mean, we didn't start. So why? Why get discouraged at another minister? Why get discouraged at another coworker? Why get discouraged that somebody that can do something a little bit better than you? Why get discouraged by it when we didn't start at the same place? Some of you are upset at people right now. I sense it in my spirit. You're upset at people right now, and you don't realize they started a lot further along than you started. And you're trying to figure out, well, why, why are things going well with them? Well, they had a different start than you. Don't compare. Celebrate what God's done in your life. Enjoy your life. Give God praise for what's going on in your life because discouragement has a way to attack your five physical senses. Discouragement is after your senses, and it wants to tell you a lie. You know, your senses can lie to you. You, you know, um, I mean, you, <laughs> I won't go that direction, but uh, simply you could literally be sitting in a place, uh, the, the, what is that thing called, Zayman? Oculus? VR. VR, the VR. You could be literally sitting on the couch, 
have this VR on, experiencing all the things that are going on in this VR. But and and some people have even because they're experienced, they've even thrown up, and all they're doing is sitting there on the couch. Their senses are are lying to them, and your senses can lie to you. And discouragement goes after your senses to start telling you a lie that whatever you're believing for, it's not going to work out. Discouragement would tell you, you can't do that. I don't even know why you're in that position because you can't do it. Some of the discouragement that comes into your life is from other people. Other people will tell you. There's no way that you should be in this position. There's no way that you should be able to do that. And maybe it's somebody you trust and they've discouraged you. They've spoken evil of you, whether it's been intentional or unintentional. Discouragement has a way of removing your confidence. This is the the pattern by which discouragement uh, gets its tentacles on the inside of our five physical senses. It's coming after your confidence. You were once confident. And now you're no longer confident because discouraged has come in. And discouragement, you got to be careful because discouragement will come in when you are fatigued. When you're really tired, discouragement creeps in. It has a way of knowing that you're weary and that you're tired. This is why I say, go on vacation. (laughs) And now this is me and my family. You do what you want to do. I know the Hollies do something different. But for my family, when we go on vacation, we rest. We literally rest. Some people just go on vacation, they go, 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 and they have to rest when they get back. That, that's your prerogative. I'm rested when I get back. We, we rest. Why? Because when I'm too tired, that's when discouragement creeps in. And one of the things, hear me out on this, one of the things when you go on vacation, really find time to rest and find time to get by yourself. There were times on this vacation that that um, I went to the beach, Stacy stayed in the room, vice versa. We found some time just to kind of be by ourselves. When you get by yourself, allow yourself to just rest. This is so hard because we always have to do something. You're, I mean, you, your leg just have to keep moving. I mean, you just, you just can't just be still and rest. And as we were resting. There were the, the Lord began to show me some things in my life that were good and things in my life to improve on. But I'm resting. And then as you're allowing yourself to just rest, God will begin to encourage you. And you may even get to the point that you start crying. Why? Because you are contending with these thoughts and you're contending with these words and you're and you're getting past it to get to this point where you get real rested. And now you're letting God minister to you. See, encouragement gives you a boost. Discouragement takes the boost away. But when you hear encouragement, you'll be boosted by what the encouragement gave you. I know some of you, how many of you know about the five love languages? You're familiar with five? I mean, words of affirmation is one of the five words love languages. Matter of fact, all five love languages, whichever one you are, is a boost, or they call it filling your love tank. 
whatever it might be, if you do those things, you'll fill that person's love tank. Literally, you're encouraging them, giving them boost, and vice versa, you're being encouraged as well. So when we're tired, that is one of the ways discouragement tries to come in. Another way discouragement tries to enter in is when you are frustrated. When you're frustrated, you're beating your head against the wall, you don't know why something's working, you don't know why it's taking this long. And what happens, generally speaking, what happens when you get tired of waiting? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. When you get tired of waiting, you get, you get really, really frustrated. And when you get frustrated, you get discouraged. And when you get discouraged, the enemy is on you and he's after you. And ultimately, he wants to get you into depression, mental illness. And, you know, if he could take your life, because remember, he came to steal, kill and destroy. That's what he'll do. Millionaires have taken their life over discouragement. So money didn't make them happy. Right. It's the joy of the Lord. He's after the enemies, after the peace. If he, I like what Jerry Savelle says, if he can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. Praise God. He's after your joy. He's after your peace. He's after your confidence. And so we understand that discouragement is an enemy. So when you're tired, when you're frustrated, here's another one. When you think you failed, when you think you've missed a mark, you made a mistake and you failed, discouragement will come in. And discouragement will tell you, you no good, nothing. I told you you couldn't do that, right? Told you you weren't worthy of that. And you'll start beating yourself up and you'll start attacking yourself because discouragement has got a hold of you. And like I said, everybody in here walked in here today with some form of discouragement. I don't care how holy you think you are, how spiritual you think you are. You came in here today with some form of discouragement. Maybe you failed in an area and you don't want to try again. That is discouragement. Another area that discouragement enters is fear. When we're afraid, we're discouraged. And the number one reason, literally, that we are afraid is we don't believe that what God has said is actually going to come to pass. The greatest fear of all, we know it's death in the natural, but I'm going to go even further than that. The greatest fear of all is God's word not coming to pass in our lives. We fear that God promised it and that his word is not going to be fulfilled in our life. And that is the greatest fear. And the only way to flush that fear out, flush that discouragement out, is with the love of God. We'll probably talk about that next week. God's love and faith in his love will flush out that fear and you begin to trust, believe God as you resist discouragement. Getting impatient is another form of discouragement. You just, I got to do it now. And many of us get impatient and we got to do things now we get impulsive i got to do it now it's got to happen now it's got to happen now and then we're discouraged when we don't get the results that we were looking for it's in this discouragement 
that our confidence has been removed. It's in this discouragement that we're no longer enthusiastic. It's continuing with this discouragement when we don't have the courage. We're down, and the opposite of joy is sad. We're sad. And, and most, of the, most of the time, it's because we've allowed discouragement to get to the forefront of our thinking. Instead of trusting God and his word, we're looking at some man-made timetable. We're looking at some kind of... Uh, uh, what we came up with, some kind of scale that we came up with, how we're judging this, that, or the third. And you can't do that or you'll be discouraged. Now, there are various forms of getting rid of discouragement. But today, I want to talk about two, two ways that we can eliminate discouragement. And it's going to come from having faith in God. But number one is you're going to have to encourage yourself. You're going to have to take the reins. You are the prophet of your life. You are the captain of your ship. You are in command of your life. And you're going to have to take your rightful position and encourage yourself. Matter of fact, I want to do something that I want to show you what I do, when I get discouraged, I begin to encourage myself. Now, these things are on the notes today. As you look at our notes on our app, I know those of you worshiping with us virtually, at the bottom of the screen, you'll see where it says, get the notes. And those of you that don't have the notes and don't have the app, when you leave here today, go see Kara. We'll help you get the app so you can have the notes. But one of the things that I do when I'm discouraged, as I begin to say things that encourage me, I begin to open up my mouth, not just think it, but declare things that encourage me. And then I begin to sense a boost take place in my life. Are you ready to encourage yourself? I want you to say these things after me. Now, if, if you want, some of you need to stand up. Some of you need to get serious about it and stand up. Or if you don't need to stand, stay seated. That's up to you. But some of you need to say, you know what? I'm going to rid myself of discouragement. Are you ready? Say this quickly after me. Jesus is first in my life. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify Jesus. I exist to serve and glorify Jesus. I am growing closer to Jesus every day. I am anointed, empowered, equipped, and called. Now, y'all don't sound encouraging when you say this. Like, I want you to say, stand up. Matter of fact, stand up because you're too comfortable. You too. You. This is this is a serious enemy we're after. You sound like a parrot when you're saying this out to me. Say it like you mean it. Are you anointed today? Yes. Say, I'm anointed, I'm anointed. empowered, I'm equipped, equipped, and called. I am creative, innovative, driven, focused, and blessed. I take all negative thoughts captive and make them obey Christ. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. See, this is what I say to myself because when I'm feeling down and discouraged, I wake up with purpose. 
I've got meaning and there's direction in my life. The world would be different. The world would be different. And, better and better because I serve Jesus today. I'm a child of God. I'm a masterpiece. I'm chosen. I'm disciplined. God upholds me, protects me, defends me, and strengthens me. I am full of joy. I am gentle. I'm not easily offended. I will not hold on to bitterness. I am patient. I am faithful. I am self-controlled. I am kind. I am steady. I am not alone. God is with me. I am loved. I am confident and bold. I am free. I am healed. I am rich. I am unashamed. I am strong. I am fearless. I'm not a people pleaser. I am born again. I'm more than a conqueror. Because of Jesus, I lack nothing. God has given me everything I need to do what he's called me to do. I speak encouraging, life-giving words and build others up. I will not compare myself to others. I will love and laugh. I refuse to waste my life. I fight the good fight of faith. I am a son of the king. I lay down my selfishness. I fight for purity, guarding my eyes from tempting situations. I finish what I start. I finish what I start. I finish what I start. I never give up. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now sit back down. I'm not done. Sit back down. Glory be to God. I'm not done. Hallelujah. Now how many of you feel better right now? How many feel encouraged right now? This is what you do. You encourage yourself. When these discouraging thoughts come, you get the word of God and you just say things like, I'm good looking. You look in the mirror and you say, I look so fat. You say, no, I'm encouraging myself. I'm good looking. Glory to God. You begin to encourage yourself. And how you encourage yourself is with words. I mean, do you feel better right now? I know I do. You feel better because you simply encouraged yourself. There are going to be times that no one's going to encourage you. And you're going to have to encourage yourself. You're going to have to drive out discouragement. You're going to have to stand against the wiles of the enemy that's trying to get inside of your mind and into your consciousness and begin to create pictures and images of its this manipulation and deceptiveness of the enemy. That's not true. You're going to have to say, I am a masterpiece. I know what to do. I fight the good fight of faith. I am strong in the Lord. I am patient and kind. I am called. I have a purpose on my life. There's meaning to my life. There was one particular season of life. The Lord started telling, not the Lord, excuse me. The enemy started telling me that nobody really cares about you. 
begin to tell me. And I was in, in, as I was pastoring, nobody cares. Nobody, you could close the church right now and nobody would even care. This is the things that he was telling me. You could, you could die right now and nobody would even care. And I started having to encourage myself. God cares. Stacy cares. My kids care. Praise God. I began to encourage myself. And then I began to realize that it was the enemy that was telling me that nobody cares, that it wasn't true. It was discouragement. And one of the other areas, and we're going to practice this today. So number one, we're going to have to encourage ourselves, And number two, you're going to have to encourage someone. One of the ways you get out of your funk, and, and listen, guys, it's time for us to be mature. It's time for us to grow up. What do I mean by that? Acknowledge where you are. Stop, stop being immature. and All is well. All may not be well. Right? In your mindset. Acknowledge, man, I'm, I'm struggling in this area. You know what I need to do? I need to encourage myself and I need to encourage somebody. And there are times I'll get my phone out when I'm down and I'll begin to send texts to people that's just encouraging. Why? Because I want to encourage them. And if you sow encouragement, what should you reap? Encouragement. I want to be encouraged. And I begin to sow. Jesus said in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. He said you have more joy when you give. So you give encouragement. Matter of fact, in 1 Samuel 23, 16, 1 Samuel 23, 16, I love how it says in this passage of scripture, since Jonathan went to find David, watch this. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. Notice that Jonathan didn't wait, but he went and he located, found David and he encouraged him. Stay strong. In your faith in God. He gave him a boost. This is what faith is. Faith is positive. Faith is positive. When you are operating in faith, you are operating in a level that everything is going to be all right. God's got this. He's going to take care of it. And God's faith is in me and I'm in him. And I know that it's going to be all right. That gives you encouragement. I know it's going to turn out for my good. I know that all things are going to work together for my good. I know that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ever ask or think. Jonathan went to David and encouraged him. I want you to stand to your feet right now. And if you don't mind, play something there for me, Kurt. I want you to take a moment today. We're going to put this into practice because this is how... We experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.